Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. The scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Cowboys have, since the dawn of entertainment, been the stuff of legends, television shows, movies, and novels. So much so that some forget that the life that they lived was actually real, hard, and very dangerous. On January 28, 1891, a cattle dispute ended the lives of two men, and with their deaths came a legend that, to this day, is cemented in cowboy history. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. The year was 1891, and in places like Brewster County, Texas, Representatives from various cattle ranchers were sent out to begin early roundups and make sure that each of the unbranded calves were properly marked by the right owner that matched with their mothers. Basically making sure, after breeding season, that each calf was claimed by the proper person and that money wasn't lost. With each group of representatives came a judge, who was there to settle any impending disputes. Like if a mother cow didn't survive the season, meaning there was no real way of knowing who the calf belonged to, it was up to the roundup boss, the judge, to determine which brand to stamp on the calf. One of the rangers who gathered on January 28, 1891, was a one-armed Confederate veteran named Henry H. Poe and his son Robert. Another was a man named Emmanuel Clements, the cousin to a man named John Wesley Hard, and the last, at least as far as this story goes, was a man named Finus Gilliland, who was acting as a rep for absentee ranch owners named Wentworth and DeBeau, who thought every questionable calf belonged to them. Because of this, they sent a man with a pretty decent reputation as a gunman, but not necessarily as a rancher. As they stood out there making their claims, a brindled yearling bull calf came up and it was following a cow-branded HHP, Henry Poe's brand. So, figuring the calf was his to claim, he headed off the cow and drove it towards his gather. Fine, seeing this, demanded Robert, who was holding the calves, to produce a cow with an HHP brand to prove that the calf belonged to Henry. Robert responded that there wasn't one, but that several men had mentioned earlier seeing the brindled calf following an HHP cow. 
Fine shot back that, unless they could produce the cow that went with the brindled calf, then it wasn't part of their stock, and ordered Robert to cut it out of his father's gather and began moving it back towards the main group. As he did so, Henry Poe rode up to him and the pair began exchanging harsh words, none of which was heard by any of the other reps present. Henry then went up to the rancher named Kelly, the man whose land the gather was being held on, and spoke with him a moment before riding off towards Emmanuel Clements. After speaking with him for a moment, he then reached into Manny's saddle pocket, pulled out a pistol, and stuck it in his waistband. Now Henry, having only one arm, did not ordinarily carry a pistol, and it was against regulation to carry a pistol out in the open. But Henry was furious, and, gun in tow, rode off once again to cut off the brindled calf and head it towards his gather of cattle. Now Fine was angry, and rode up towards the calf and threw a rope around it, either to catch it or head it off. With that final slight, Henry Poe pulled out the pistol and fired not shooting at Fine Gilliland, but at the calf that was causing all of this commotion. He missed, Fine dismounted, dropped to one knee, and aimed his weapon at Henry Poe, missing the shot. Henry Poe then dismounted, wrapped his reins around his arm to steady his shot, and fired at Fine, missing and sending the horse into a panic that knocked him to the ground. He then got up and refired, missing a third time, and fine, shooting again, missing for a second time. At this point, Henry, who attempted to make another shot but jammed his weapon, was standing still trying to fix what had been broken, when fine ran up, pushed his one arm aside, placed the barrel square on Henry's chest, and pulled the trigger, killing him instantly. By the time everyone realized Henry Poe was dead, Fine Gilliland had gotten back onto his horse and ridden away. About a week after the murder, a week spent evading the law, Brewster County Deputy Sheriff Cool and Texas Ranger Jim Putman came up on a stranger in a canyon demanding to know if he was Fine Gilliland. And while confirming his identity, shot and killed Thallus Cook's horse and shot him in the knee. Thallus returned fire, killing Fine's horse, who Fine then used to shield himself as he continued to shoot at the officers. Jim Putman then calmly dismounted, pulled out his Winchester, waited, and, as soon as Fine peeked out over his fallen horse, shot Fine Gilliland straight between the eyes. In the aftermath of the altercation, no one wanted to claim the motherless cow that somehow managed to get two men killed. So instead, the cow was taken out to the fire and branded with the word murder on one side and the date of Henry's death on the other. The bull wasn't earmarked or castrated and was left loose in the range to fend for itself, where the outcast steer became the stuff of legends. For decades, stories of the ghost steer or murder steer spread across the Texas ranges with rumors that if you crossed his path, you would be plagued with bad luck for the rest of your life. Some stories claim the steer grew to monstrous proportions with bright red eyes and a thirst for revenge against the cowboys that marked him. And others claiming the steer is an omen that appears whenever foul play has occurred. The stories have gone on to inspire episodes of shows like Rawhide, Ballads from Folk Singers, and Campfire Fuel for the last few centuries. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 29th. 
Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.